Well, Ulysses, uh, not a great weekend if you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan, considering the team lost two of three to the Kansas City Royals of all franchises. Not the ideal start to the uh, post-All-Star break, but let's dive into the negatives and the positives in this whole episode, and let's try to make it fun. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked on Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, Ulysses, as we alluded to in the open there, uh, the Rays lost to one of the worst teams in baseball, the series, two out of three. The Rays won on Friday, seven to three, and that looked like things are going well. This is uh, business as usual. And then Saturday, the Rays lose six to three, and then four to two, they lose on Sunday. The good news, I guess, out of all this is that uh, the Red Sox are – totally imploding as they are one in nine in their last 10 and uh, actually imploding shouldn't even be a correct term for that collapsing is probably a better term for that so the race still uh, a lot of baseball left and uh, you're going to lose series to bad teams that happens uh, there's no reason to think that the race shouldn't be able to recover going forward post all-star break no no this isn't a a oh, they lost to the Royals, so they can't go to the playoffs anymore. No, it's not that. It's just incredibly frustrating because this is just like the Cincinnati Reds series where you come in with these expectations, you come in with these both rosters, you come in with um, 90-plus games played in different divisions, and so you have all this data that says, hey, you know, one team is definitely better than the other. And then... It, it turns out that they play down to the competition. And this is not us, you know, sitting in front of a microphone and saying this. This is Yandy Diaz, you know, the guy who has been killing it in the month of July with, I think he's hitting over 370 with a one dot OPS. Like this guy's killing it in July. And he's saying, we're playing down to the competition. We're playing down to the Reds. We're playing down to the Royals. So uh, it's, it's definitely a, a trademark, an unfortunate trademark of this team. They, they elevate intensity uh, with with the really good teams, but then with the teams that are supposed to just be easy Ws uh, in comparison to the other teams, just silly stuff happens, like silly base running mistakes, silly defensive miscues, uh, unfortunate pass balls at times, uh, taking balls in the infield that probably should go to the other fielder, uh, just – Different little things like that that makes you scratch your head and go, why? 
Yeah, and I would be curious to, I'm trying to look it up real quick, but don't quite have the wherewithal to be able to do that. What the record is, what the Rays record is, is this season against teams under 500, because it does seem that we seem here of playing down to the competition. You mentioned a couple of them, the Royals, the Reds. Didn't uh, the Rays not do so hot against the Rangers earlier in the year? Yeah. So, yeah, good call. There's some other uh, uh, teams out of there. No, I I actually Uh, want to find that out too. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's some intern McGee, get on the case there. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, You know, and there's some things that uh, we continue to see, like uh, Ryan Yarbrough. If I had a nickel for every time he hangs a breaking ball to a righty, I would uh, be a millionaire, I guess, you know. So, yeah. And so underperforming, uh, it's, I understand. Yeah. The, the Yarbs, he's, he's filling up the spot right now. I think it's the, the lineup construction. I, I, I guess that makes you scratch your head too, because the offense has just been as unstable as we've seen it in four years or so. And when you have, I mean, Luke Rayleigh batting third with Yang, um, with Chang, um, low, then followed by Walls and then Quinn. Wolf, like that's that's tough. Yeah. And I understand Josh Lowe is hitting 250 with like a 700 OPS in the last uh, seven games, and Taylor Walls is hitting 270 with a 700 some uh, 730 OPS in the last seven games as well. I get that, uh, but it still makes it scratch your head of. There's really nothing that Kevin Cash can do, is there? Like, you just don't have the material. No, the, the I, I think the case needs to do it, something. The, the case is that Manny Margot is injured, Kevin Kiermeyer is injured, Wander Franco is injured. You, I mean, you look at the lineup; it's basically Yandy Diaz and Randy Rosarena. That's it right now. I mean, you yeah. you have to play Yu Chang. Basically, you have to play Taylor Walls. You have to play Brett Phillips. You have to play. Isak Paredes, even though he's struggling, you have to play Luke Rayleigh. Like it's, it's not a situation where, you know, Kevin Cash is putting all these all-stars on the bench. And there's also the other argument of, you know, you're just coming out of the all-star break and you are, I mean, not to make excuses, but uh, the Kansas city heat and temperature was uh, atrocious from what I understand. So you also don't want to uh, bury your guys for um, you, you, you want to manage playing time. It's a long season. So you got to have to, consider everything when it's tied into that. And I, I just think the fact of the matter is that um, the, the tools in the toolbox aren't great right now. No, no, they're not. So that's why I, I, it's not on Kevin Cash. I think it's on the front office to make some, to make some uh, changes. I mean, I don't understand. They, they sold it as, well, you can't have Jonathan Aranda up in, in, in MLB because even though he is the triple A, a just you know explosive player uh you can't have him because uh he the the positions that he plays are already filled up so i'm sorry you can't have jonathan aranda uh, but you can have luke rayleigh though you can have luke rayleigh and then when you put luke rayleigh he's not in the outfield he's batting third manning first base that's the issue he's i mean why can't jonathan aranda play first and he's a lefty and bad third for you. Those are the incongruencies 
that I'm having a really tough time with, and uh, uh, hopefully they're they're mended sooner than later. But uh, I just don't understand that. Yeah. If it, especially when Naranda has played in, in the outfield in the Mexican League in the last three years, is he not passable mm -hmm. enough? Yeah, I. I I just think that part of the issue, not to say that uh, Luke Rayleigh has a ton of MLB experience. I just don't know if the Rays want to keep roster swapping there. And as well as Jonathan Aranda has done in the minor leagues, I don't know if Jonathan Aranda solves most of, if any of your problems. At the end of the day, you still are calling up another rookie and throwing him right in the middle of the order. I just don't know how that would work out all that well you got to do something. And so when you have no tools, like you said, on your toolbox, you got to find the sharpest knife there. And the sharpest knife is Jonathan Aranda. So you, you got to switch it up. You got to do something. Cause like, yeah, putting another rookie is going to be difficult for that, for, for him and, and that pressure. But again, you have to do something. You, we, you cannot expect Yu Chang to, to, produce i mean the guy has 500 ops and that's what's he what he's going to be josh Lowe and taylor walls are getting maybe a little bit hot but i mean they've had their opportunities why can jonathan aranda have his opportunity when he's doing way better than all of those guys in triple a uh the rays did make a move it wasn't uh the fanciest of moves but they did make a move and we'll discuss that uh they added roman quinn um we'll talk about that but first we have to tell you about making your moment sparkle. And you can do that with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. That will not give away what is inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. So again, it wasn't the fanciest of moves, but I think this is the theme that the Rays are going to continue or try to go for for the rest of this season. If they do feel like they need to acquire uh, a bat, it's going to have to be a guy with major league experience. And that's where Roman Quinn comes in. He's played in the bigs for six years, more or less, with three other teams, the Marlins, the Phillies, the Royals. Um, I think that's, it's those types of moves that they're going to be focusing on rather than calling up another rookie, i.e. Jonathan Aranda, i.e. Vidal Brujan, i.e. pick a name from AAA Durham. Now, I think this speaks kind of highly on what they think Vidal Brujan can do this season because Vidal Brujan on paper could do what Roman Quinn is um, given the opportunity to do so especially because we've highlighted that Vidal is way better against lefties as a righty batter than as a lefty batter facing right-handed pitching. So he could do what Roman Quinn is being asked to do, and yet they don't call him up because they feel like he still needs some seasoning in AAA. This is the issue with trying to, and I know I'm, 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 I'm calling for Ronda to be called up in, in the first segment, but um, this is the, the issue with, you know, not rushing, but creating expectation for, for prospects, uh, for all of your prospects and thinking that every single one of them is going to pan out 
just like their ceiling dictates. And we talked to Lindsey Crosby this week. I hope you guys enjoy the show. By the way, um, 406 subscribers on YouTube. So that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to the channel. That really helps us out. Um, it, he, he talks about, yeah, there might be a very small chance that those pros, prospects are going to pan out, but it's fun. And I think that's the issue with the prospect crowd is that because it is fun, then you start to live in this fantasy land where everything is going to work out like roses. And the fact that they got Roman Quinn tells me they're not really ready to give it all another shot uh, so soon, which tells you that they know that he has to work on a lot of things. Conspiracy theory. Um, is there any possibility that the Rays are preventing or trying to limit calling up Jonathan Aranda because they may be trying to utilize him as a trade piece. And if they call him up and for one reason or another, he struggles mightily a la Vidal Brujan that hampers his value in a possible trade package. So they're kind of waiting in the wings with him until after the trade deadline is finished up. I wouldn't put it behind. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't subscribe wholeheartedly to this conspiracy theory, but I don't dislike it. Yeah, uh, I think it's a very, um, poss very likely possibility. Well, last year at this time, how much did we say? Oh, Vidal Bruhan, you can't trade him. He's untouchable. Yep, Josh Lowe, you can't trade him. He's untouchable. And then they get called up. They play. They get 50, 100, 150 at bats. And it's like, uh, and we know it's not enough time, but it's still. Sometimes it's about seizing on an opportunity and yeah, seizing and on it, when the value is highest. It's enough time to also take off some of your shine. I mean, are, are you true? There, these two things can be true. Vidal Bruhan, 150 at bats does not make him a bust. That's a true fact. That's a true fact. That's, that's not enough sample size. But, it, but at the same time, 150 at bats. Can it, it can, can be enough to uh, take off some of the sh prospect shine that you once had? So I don't think the Phillies or the Arizona Diamondbacks or the Kansas City Royals or uh, the Toronto Blue Jays think the same of of Vidal Bruhan than they they did you know before the season starter started than right now because 150 at bats does not make you a bust. But it does take off some of that prospect shine that you did. That's, I mean, that that that's just the truth. Is it unfortunate? Yes, but I think it's still true. Right. So, um, kind of going back to the initial point here, are you not pumped up or excited in the least of the Rays going after Roman Quinn? I think uh, excited and thrilled um, would not be the adjectives. That um I I hope just like you Chang um he he just does his job he doesn't get in the way of anything uh, egregious like uh we've seen in the base running pass or or um with the defensive work he just does job I think Yu Chang has has done his job um mostly mostly I think he's hitting 200 with like a 500 OPS which you know. That's what he is, so yeah. why would you expect more of him? So I think if Roman does exactly that, 
he's doing his job. I just keep the keep keep the base running mistakes to a minimum and 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 don't let your glove be affected by your poor offensive numbers. Look, and it's funny we Roman Quinn certainly isn't going to light the world on fire, but he is a 226 career hitter with a 302 on base and in any other universe you would say that is not very good, not great. But on this raised team, I'll take 226 average and a 302 on base percentage. I'll take a guy with 80 grade speed who can, uh, you know, you hit a ball down the line and it's an easy triple. I'll I'll take a guy who can leg out a bunt single. I, yeah. I I'll take a guy with six years of MLB experience that has yet to make the playoffs and is probably more motivated and excited about the prospect of being able to do that and, uh, you know, just a, a little bit of a change. I know that you know you were probably more excited than most about the Rays going out and getting Harold Ramirez. I think it was a, a footnote to, you know, 99% of the other Rays fans out there. And I don't think Roman Quinn's going to replicate, or he's definitely not the same player as Harold Ramirez, but I feel like he could surprise in some ways. Um, and maybe that isn't, you know, going out and hitting for a lot of power. He's certainly not going to do that, but Man, there I, I get a little bit nostalgic about these speed throwback guys that are switch hitters and can play all over the outfield and can lay down a bun and get on base and can steal a back. And I think that's part of the other equation too, is that you know, you may not run into a bunch of mistakes. I think that's what the Rays are looking for right now is they want guys, yeah, they they might not provide a lot on the table, but they're not going to make a ton of mistakes. And that's what you trust with a guy who's been in the majors for five, six, seven years, as opposed to a rookie who might have more talent and might put up a better slash line at the end of the day. But how many more mistakes that maybe get, they, they don't necessarily get looked at or caught up on the box score that makes a big difference in a ball game. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're 100% right. Like t- try to mitigate those, rookie uh mistakes on on the field might be the 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 way that they're going about it with Yu Chang and and Roman Quinn and hopefully yeah Roman Quinn can can kind of uh put a little bit of a spark uh with his different type of um offensive skills um yeah. I, I I did like the the legging out the the bunt single the triple is impressive obviously it's one of the most um, impressive things you can you can watch a player do on the field. Um, is, um, that that brings energy to a ball club when a guy just yeah. hey stand up triple basically. I mean I don't know if he yeah. slitters to you know you you get what I'm trying to say with that the the speed electrifies. Yeah. No, a hundred and that's what and, this and you need team that. needs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it might not be you know in bunches, but like you need somebody else, like you said, than Yandi. Diaz or Randy or Rosarena, because if you were a betting man, you would probably say that those two guys would be the the the, the biggest hitters in, in the lineup, and you were correct. And if you were to do that, if you were to place a bet, you would go to betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and and podcasts that have you covered. 
Head to the Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So the Rays begin a series versus one of the most interesting stories in baseball, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, who I don't know if they're going to, but they very well could uh, finish above the Red Sox in the standings when the season is all said and done. And the Orioles, um, they're a very good home team. They are 26 and 19 at home. And this is what the starting pitching matchups will look like. Corey Kluber versus Austin Voth, Shane McClanahan versus Spencer Watkins, and Drew Rasmussen versus Tyler Wells. Ulysses, what are your expectations and what are you looking at for this series? I'm looking at the fact that the Rays are putting up their best three starters. And I know that some people would be like, what Jeffrey Springs, not over Drew Rasmussen. I, I really like Drew Rasmussen. Like I said, um, in my season picks, I, I thought he would be the, the dark horse for the, for best pitcher in the, in, in the staff. So I, I have a soft spot for Drew Rasmussen there, but yeah, you, you're going, you're going your AL Cy Young front starter. And in, in the second game, you go Corey Kluber, who's been the second best pitcher in, in, in this staff. I like it. I like the, the pitching matchups. I I'm just worried about this offense. Uh, we kind of glossed over it, but Isak Paredes is mm, struggling mightily. Yeah. Starting July. I think he's hitting uh 201 with a 600 OPS. If I'm, if I'm correct. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing with Paredes is, is he, he might've just went on a two week heater and then that might be all you have for Isak Paredes. We certainly hope not because uh, <laughs> if he's leading the team in home runs and you really start to lose that pop, then there's nobody else apparently to 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 give uh, the team a little bit of pop. And, you know, Evan Klosky did mention this a couple of weeks back when um, or no, last Monday or Tuesday when he was last on. He mentioned watch out for Bilal because of that back. He might have done a little bit of preemptive work in trying to cut the power out from his game to kind of alleviate the back issues and might become a little bit more of a line drive singles kind of guy and, and get that average up, but the slugging what might might be down. We haven't seen a home run yet by Brendan Lau. Uh, again, short, small sample size, short, but let's keep an eye on that because maybe that's something to, to watch out for during this series, especially because... You know, we, we, we've seen that the left field um, uh, line has, has grown exponentially season with uh, the changing of the, of the distance there from home plate to, to left field. Yeah, and um, I think I read or heard somewhere that the Rays have had like 16, 17 games where they've yet to get a home run. Uh, it's That's rough. There's been a lot of games where there has not been a bomb by a race player, and I would not be surprised if they go over in this Orioles series considering the dimensions of the ballpark. I mean, it's tough for anybody to hit a home run, let alone a race team that is battered and tattered. Um, I will say this about – good point on Brandon Lau. Um, hit the ball at the middle, hit the ball the other way, base hit, not trying to do too much. Yeah. I think that's a, a good strategy. Of course, you'd love to have his – 39 homer power in the lineup, but if he can kind of uh, maybe be more multidimensional and 
as opposed to, hey, I'm not just going to hit bombs, but I can spray the ball all over the field. I like that. I like that from Brandon Lau uh, in particular. So uh, one question before we uh, wrap up here. Um, this might be a prop bet for bet online. Do you think the Orioles will finish above 500 by the end of the season? They're 47 and 48 Oof. right now. I don't think so. I guess depends on the on the collapse by the Red Sox. If yeah. the if the Red Sox if the Red Sox start to collapse, then perhaps. But it's, I think it's just too early still to put green skittles on 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 that bucket. Uh, I right. love what the Orioles are doing. I think it's good for the division for to have Baltimore in it and not have, be a a relegated you know Chile squad. I think that's good for baseball for and you know no team no fandom to experience tanking. So I think that's good. Yes. Um, but I think it's a little bit too early to say that they might be over 500. Hey, I'll root for them all day if it means them finishing above the Red Sox and the Red Sox finishing at last in the <laughs> AL East. That would be quite right. the treat. And while the Orioles may not finish 500 this season, I would not be surprised. I will go ahead and put green Skittles on it that they will finish above 500 in 2023 because they have so many other guys. And I know we don't like to prospect hug or, uh, you know, hey, they got so many prospects on the come up, but one or two of these guys have to pan out that are in AAA and that are, you know, expected to be called up either this season or next season. Grayson Rodriguez, Gunnar Henderson, Colton Kalzer, DL Hall, Jordan Westberg. Um, that's that's a big list of guys. And, you know, the Orioles, they feel confident enough to make a, a move or two in the offseason. And uh, you might have something there. So they, they've, even yeah. though they are a division foe, it's a fun story not to see, okay, <laughs> we know the Orioles aren't going to be, I, I, I mean, again, yeah, we love to see the Rays win every game, but just from a competitive and a sport enjoying moment to see basically five teams in the hunt and five teams making things interesting. That's, that's fun for baseball. I mean, you, you legitimately could have four playoff teams from the AL East this year, if it all shakes out. So we'll see yeah. what happens and hopefully the Rays can uh, leave Baltimore winning two of three it won't be easy this isn't uh, the baltimore of yesteryear so you absolutely cannot play down to your competition there uh thank you for making the locked on race podcast your very first listen every day now make your second listen the locked on mlb prospects podcast that is also free and available on all platforms hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we will talk to you tomorrow <laughs>